0: Howdy, and welcome to the Aggie Greats podcast. My name is Kenner, and I'm so glad you joined us this week as we dive deep to understand what makes the great great. Here on Aggie Greats, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to live life to the fullest. We're so glad you're along for the journey, so let's pursue greatness. Well, howdy, and welcome back to the Aggie Greats podcast. I know it's been a while since I published an episode School's been crazy, the season got going really quick, and so now I'm finally glad to be joining you guys back for a topic that I'm really excited about, and so the title of this episode is Attitude Determines Altitude, and that's kind of a quote that I got from a guy named Zig Zagler. The full quote is, it's your attitude, not your aptitude, that will determine your altitude. And so we're going to kind of dive into this idea behind, yes, there needs to be a certain level of as he says, aptitude or an understanding and capability in order to be able to compete at a high level and to perform extremely well. But it's also just as important to be able to focus on your attitude. And so that's what we're going to be diving in today. When you look at those who are at the top of their sport or the area of focus that they're in, what words come to mind to describe them? I'm obviously thinking about tennis players. So I initially think about guys like Federer or. Nadal or Djokovic. And all these guys exhibit very high level of courage and confidence. They're patient on court for the most part, and but they also seem to be calm and controlled in the way that they are moving and the way that they're carrying themselves between points. And so, you know, you're not looking at these top performers and seeing them freaking out or, you know, sometimes obviously they explode and they don't have a level of control but they always bring it back and so taking this idea of you know okay now we're looking at these high performers let's think of an example okay so I'm going to use an example of two guys uh, we'll say just John and Kevin they're both about to run a, a hurdles race and so they're both at the starting blocks the conditions are virtually the same for both so the same weather same rules the humidity is the same so externally all the conditions are the very same But in John's mind, he's very alert. He's ready to hurdle the obstacles ahead. And his body, as a result, is releasing epinephrine and neoepinephrine, which both as a combination from from a neurological level, prepare him for bursts of energy, which is going to be necessary to be able to perform well in the race. Now, Kevin, on the other hand, is kind of tense and a little bit agitated. He's alert, but for a different reason. He's looking kind of for signs of disaster or potential conflict. And so as a result, his body is releasing cortisol, which is a stress hormone, uh, which causes all the functions that aren't entirely essential to survival to shut down. When you're playing a complex sport, for example, for if you're playing tennis or uh, soccer, something that requires very fine motor skills, all those things get shut down. And so you find, oh, I'm you know not able to move as well. Uh, my shots aren't as fluid as they need to be. And so you start recognizing a lot of errors. And in this case, you know, when you're jumping hurdles, the margins are so small. So Kevin, obviously, now that he's experienced cortisol, he's going to have a lot more of a challenge in this race ahead. So what's interesting about this example, and the reason I brought this example to light is that they both have the exact same task, but they're responding completely different. And that's kind of the focus of this, Uh, this episode is to really start looking at okay what is the difference and really in this example it's just your attitude. Most people associate one's response to these challenges in three ways you have the fight flight or freeze response. I think that most people who understand psychology or uh, basic human psychology understand these concepts and so as Aggie grates, we have to first be aware of how we're how we particularly respond to stressful situations so that we can address the challenges associated with our own personal biological response. You see, if you're trying to become a top performer, and if we look at those who are already achieving well in their craft, the best performers see stressful or competitive situations as an opportunity to increase our set of resources. While others who are working their way up to become the higher performers tend to struggle with this threat mindset where you're viewing stressful situations as an opportunity where we might actually lose something or some of our existing resources. And I definitely find that uh, in the matches that I play, I tend to have this threat mindset where, you know, especially if, you're, if you've if you won the first set and you're starting the second set, there's this tendency to be like, oh, okay, you know what, I built all this, but I really hope I don't lose this lead or I don't lose uh, the advantage that I've already built up. And this is exactly what happened in, a, you know, kind of a real-world example if we look at the 2017 NFL Super Bowl. You know, the Patriots are down by 25 points in the third quarter, and at that point in the football game, the chances of a comeback are extremely low. However, you know, we saw the tide started turning. The Falcons started stopped attacking. They stopped taking risks or making aggressive plays. And what that did was it opened the door for Tom Brady to, you know, in his gain mindset, to bring him and his team back into the game and ultimately have one of the greatest Super Bowl comebacks of all time. And it's because of this shift in mindset between you know this threat mindset or this gain mindset that allowed the Patriots to come back into the game. As athletes and as students and as performers in any area that we're really focusing on, we need to know that no mindset is fixed, which is great because there's a tendency to think that When you have a challenge, it's just an insurmountable hurdle. We can't beat it. But what's good is all these mental challenges that we run into. Really, the big step is, first of all, identifying the problem, and that's half the battle. And then, you know, once we have figured out the problem, then we can start looking at solutions. As human beings, we're not genetically good or bad at handling stress, it's just we're not understanding how our body resp- responds to stress properly, and so we can't address the particular issue. I like to think about you know when a doctor is when you have an illness and you're and you have a headache, you know the whole point of going to the doctor is that they understand based on what problems you're having and based on the symptoms the best way to solve the problem. And as tennis players and as athletes and as high performers. We're not always going to be you know, having a doctor, somebody who's able to tell us what's going on. We need to be able to self-prescribe, especially in the middle of a match or in the middle of a competition. Best performers are able to understand what's going wrong and the best ways to solve that. For me, one of my very first matches that I really kind of felt the fight, flight, or freeze response was when I was playing Kentucky on the road. And that was my very first on-the-road match. I uh, was playing doubles and kind of the night before we were talking about how the team was a very good team, which we knew we respected. Then they ended up getting to the finals of the NCAA championship this year. And so we knew going in, this is a very good team. Uh, we need to be at the top of our game. But What happened was that when I took, when I was preparing mentally for the match, I was already seeing obstacles, kind of like uh, in the example that i given earlier, Kevin. He's alert, but unlike John, he's alert for looking for conflict. And so when I stepped into that match, my body was releasing a lot of cortisol. I was expecting a very hostile crowd. And so everything that wasn't going right, my mind amplified. And I was looking at these problems rather than the training that I had been doing up until this point to get myself ready for the match. And so that's a very real world example, a personal example of me not not understanding my flight, fight, or freeze response and how to address that situation in a match. We need to recognize that we're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes and perform worse than we'd like. But what separates the best performers isn't necessarily the number of times that they win, but by the number of times that they get back up after they get knocked down. And that's all related to your attitude. Are you going to let these challenges knock you down? Or are you going to get back up after getting punched in the face? So how do we take these ideas that we've talked about, these principles, and apply them as Aggie Greats to become even better Aggie Greats? The first thing I encourage you to do is to, first of all, take an inventory of the people that you surround yourself with. I've brought this up in previous episodes, but... You become a lot like the people that you surround yourselves with. And so when you look at the people that you are surrounding yourselves with, look and identify, are they adding positivity? Are they looking to carry themselves forward? And if they're not, these aren't the people that you want to grow alongside. These are people who are going to influence you negatively as you look to address these challenges, these mental challenges of, uh, you know, anxiety or feelings of fear when you step out onto them into what's whatever scenario you're, you're struggling with and the second thing is how you know not only are not only look at how are your friends talking to you but also how are you speaking to yourself because in a lot of situations especially as a tennis player you're either your best friend or your worst enemy and really there's no in between so what's your attitude as you're addressing these challenges and part of this is just looking and First of all, putting yourselves in stressful situations, but then also looking at past performances and identifying what you're doing well, what you're struggling with. The third thing that I would suggest is to look into how are you setting your goals? How are you wording the goals? There's a lot of educational psychology literature that suggests, quote, a mastery goal orientation promotes a motivational pattern likely to promote long term and high quality involvement in learning. So what does this mean? This is saying that when we are wording our goals in a way that is focused on mastering a specific topic or a specific skill, rather than avoiding something, for example, if you're trying to improve your serve in tennis, if you keep telling yourself don't double fall or let's not make an error here, that's an example of a loss-oriented goal, which is going to kind of focus on a negative outcome When in reality, you need to be focusing on a positive goal oriented uh, or I guess a gain oriented goal, which is a lot more focused on instead of thinking, let's not make this or let's not make this double fault. We're thinking, let's make this serve aggressively to this specific position. And So I think that a lot of people don't recognize the importance of the wording of that. And that can make all the difference when you're trying to grow and move to the next level. Something else I'd suggest is to start understanding the best way of addressing challenges, which is this concept I like to call recognize and rewire. It's difficult to really notice this tendency of fight, flight, or freeze without actually taking taking a step back and really looking for it. And that's why it's so important to either watch film of yourself or to listen to feedback from your coaches. This allows you to Take the first step, which is honestly the the most challenging part of it, which is just identifying the problem. That's half the battle. I wanted to go back because I started this podcast with Zig Zagler's quote, which says, It's your attitude, not your aptitude, that will determine your altitude. I want you to think about that quote as you go out and you train and you prep this week because I think that this is going to really help you continue to grow as an athlete, as a performer, as an Aggie Great. The last thing I wanted to leave you guys with is, you know, as an Aggie great, how do you plan to adjust your attitude to the challenges you face? This is going to make all the difference as you continue to grow and push yourself forward to becoming the best you can be. Well, thank you guys for listening to this podcast episode. I know that next week we're going to have another really cool topic that we're covering. So if you guys haven't already subscribed or you guys find this information really beneficial, then I encourage you to subscribe so that I can continue to provide you with resources that I'm learning and that way we can kind of build a community where we're growing together as Aggie Greats. As always, thanks and giggle.